On today's Locked On Jayhawks, Kansas wins in Lubbock in a tight one, ending their 29-game home winning streak. We're going to break it down, discuss, and analyze what happened in the game and where we go from here. You are Locked On Jayhawks, your daily podcast on the Kansas Jayhawks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Derek Johnson. You can hear me on Rock Chalk Sports Talk Monday through Friday from 3 to 6 on KLWN Radio in Lawrence. Thanks for making Locked On Jayhawks your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get any of your podcasts. And on today's edition of the show, we're going to be breaking down Kansas's win in Lubbock to start 2-0 in Big 12 play with a big-time win at Texas Tech. And it's... Kind of a game that, once again, bit of a slow start, but fortunately for Kansas, this one didn't last nearly as long as the Oklahoma State one. You're down 13-5 to early, then you bounce back. That was one of the best, uh, really from that point on, I guess, that was one of the best, I guess, 16 minutes or so of play that we've seen from Kansas this year to end the first half. And then in the second half, felt like a game that you're kind of in control of. You're up like 6-8 to for most of it. Felt like a game that, I don't know, it almost felt like you should be up double digits. Texas Tech just keeps hitting some big threes. You hit a lot of threes yourself, too. Uh, but to kind of stay in it, they keep hitting shots. They won't let you get too far away. You never really fully put them away. And then at the end, they start to strike, and it's like, uh-oh, here they come. And you end up finding a way to win. I thought it was kind of similar to the Texas game last year in Austin. But this time you found a way to win. If you remember the game in Austin last year, Kansas is up. I think it was seven points with like two minutes left. And just kind of everything went wrong for them. Texas banks in a three toward the end of the game. They end up winning. And you felt like you let one slip away. Obviously, Kansas ended up being just okay. They split the Big 12. They won the Big 12 tournament. And then they won the national title last year. Uh, so it would have been okay. But once you get up to that point and you're up by seven or eight points with two, two and a half, three minutes to go, it's it's a lot harder to deal with that loss than if Texas Tech would have just, you know, been a back and forth game or a tie game or Tech would have been up three most of the game and then they would have won. Because coming into the game, if you would have lost in Lubbock, wouldn't have been a big deal. They had 29 straight home wins. Mark Adams had never lost at home. Texas Tech is a pretty good team. Wouldn't have been a huge deal if you lost on the road. You know, wouldn't have been a skies is falling. Guess what? Kansas last year, second game of the season, lost in Lubbock, ended up winning the title. But this just gives you such a, I don't know, kind of a leg up almost to speak. So Baylor lost their opener. It was a road game um, in uh, on Saturday in the first games of Big 12 play. Uh, you view Baylor and Texas as being the biggest competition for you in the Big 12, at least as of now. We, we never really know because this could all be really muddled together. Texas last night, though, loses at home to Kansas State. Now, maybe Kansas, maybe that means Kansas State is one of the better teams in the Big 12, and maybe they're one of your, your biggest contenders. I don't know what that means, but that's a nice leg up because Texas lost a home game, whereas you found a way to win on the road in Lubbock, and that's going to be a place where a lot of other teams are going to lose this year. Again, they had won 29 straight at home, so that's a big leg up that you're going to have up on your competition in Big 12 play. And this is a tough week. We talked about how if you go one and one this week in Lubbock, in Morgantown, I don't know that you're throwing a party, but I think you're content with it. You're content with it. Two tough place play against two good opponents. Both of them places that like in the case of Morgantown that you've really struggled on the road. 
Uh, so now you feel like you're playing with a cherry on top because if you lose this game, then you'd be heading into Morgantown going, we have to win this game. We can't be one and two. We can't lose another road game. Now, of course, you'd love to win the West Virginia game. And at that point, if you start 3-0 in Big 12 play with two road wins against tough opponents, then you're going to be really going, wow, I, I love the start that we've had here. But at the very least, it gives you margin for area that if you do lose, it's like, okay, this isn't the worst thing in the world. Now, if I would have told you Texas Tech was going to go 10 of 21 from three in that game and would have a 10 of 12 free throw night where you would only go two of four, I think you'd be very nervous about the result of this one, how it would have worked out. Fortunately, though, Kansas has, in their two games, shot absolutely lights out from three-point range. And who would have thought Dewan Harris would have been the biggest reason why in last night's game? Five for five from three. Jalen was was getting it going from three in the first half. He hit three of them. Grady Dick hits one, but overall really struggles from three on the night. Um, it was it was mostly Dewan Harris just knocking down threes for you. Bobby Pettiford hit a three, which was nice. He went one of two. And uh, we, we still don't, I don't know, have a great idea of how good of a shooter he is because he's only attempted three threes on the year. Last year, he only attempted a couple but it was nice to see him him knock one down. And I think Dewan, uh, we, we know this. Like we've seen it in other games. If you're not somebody who pays attention to Kansas, you might just think, oh, he's only attempting this amount of threes, and he's only shooting, you know, low thirty eh, percent. He's not that good of a shooter, and he has kind of a funky shot. But if you follow Kansas, you know that Dewan Harris, yes, for you know, he, he's not going to be somebody who's shooting threes off of screens, or he's not going to be someone off the bounce who's just gonna pull it if a guy goes under a screen but when he gets a set shot if you leave him open he's had other games where he has shown an affinity to go three of four maybe we haven't seen five of five but it hasn't been something that's been completely like unassumed that he can't shoot at all so given the right situation which he had against texas tech because of their defense and because they Basically said, okay, we're gonna we're gonna leave you a little bit open. He took advantage of it, and it just feels like with Dewan, whenever you need that specific game, you need a facilitator. You need him to to score for a stretch, like in the Indiana game where he had six straight points, or against Southern Utah where it's a close game and he has fourteen points. You need him to just be a ball hawk defensively and lead the point of attack defense, like in the title game. Just whatever you need him to do to win, that's what he does, and that is why he is a winner. He's he's kind of like he's. He's an amoeba of winning. He just he morphs to whatever you need him to do that specific game. And certainly those those preseason questions about how good of a shooting team could this be? They seem so distanced now. Part of that has been Grady Dick has looked like a legit lottery pick. And and anytime you have a freshman coming in, you're like, okay, we think this guy could be good, but we don't totally know. Like for instance, MJ Rice has struggled to gain footing. If that would have happened with Grady Dick. I don't know where this team's shooting would be because it's not just what he provides as a shooter. It's that he opens up the floor and the spacing for other shooters on Kansas as well. But Jalen has improved. Kevin's been very hit or miss with that. Dewan obviously has improved much in that regard. So uh, they've they've gotten more than enough three-point shooting. If they can continue this, they're going to be just fine in that regard. But the biggest thing Kansas did in this one, they, they did a great job of not having a big turnover game. 12 turnovers isn't like a... A, oh my gosh, can you believe they only had 12 turnovers number? But it's a, a solid number. Like if you get 12 a game, I think Kansas can live with that, especially in a game against Texas Tech, who is one of the best teams in the country coming in at forcing turnovers and forcing steals. And you combine that with a big three-point shooting night. You combine that with a big offensive rebounding night 
I mean, Grady gets a few of those offensive rebounds and stickbacks. KJ had some big offensive rebounds, including some big tap outs for you. Those probably won you the game on the margins. And that's what kind of added up to the victory, despite the fact that, you know, Jalen Wilson did struggle in the second half after having a really good first half or that Kevin McCuller had an inconsistent night and got in foul trouble. You were able to survive some of those things because of winning on the margins in that way. You didn't turn the ball over a ton. You were able to get offensive rebounds. Those lead to extra possessions. You were hitting your threes and that allowed you to survive Texas Tech hitting all their threes and uh, Pop Isaac just making everything in sight, which by the way, that guy is going to be like a 20-point-per-game score, like all Big 12 All-American player in like a year or two. I just, I, I feel like that's going to be the, the natural progression there. But you found a way to win. You found a way to get through. And uh, for anybody complaining about the refs and everything, um, they were just letting them play the whole way through. And there were calls on both, like K.J. Adams not getting the foul call when a guy is holding his leg or K.J. Adams not getting uh, the – or not K.J. Um, the, the, the dunk at the end. You know, not getting a foul. I guess that was KJ not getting a foul call on Daniel Bacho. That probably could have been a foul. Like, sure, there maybe could have been a foul on uh, Jalen Wilson holding Bacho on the previous offense possession. There's missed calls every way. It, I, I just, I, I have a hard time. I, I don't like playing the ref game in, in any way, either way, because it's just like there's so many other opportunities to win the game. There's going to be missed calls over the course of a game. Kind of evens out. Like, they were just letting him play all night. Tech ended up with a lot more free throws. Like, it, it worked out. It's just okay. All right, in just a second, we're going to get on to our goats, good and bad of game. We're going to finish the show with a little bit of KU football, some big news, Kai Thomas transferring out of the program. This episode on Jayhawk brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting information, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from pro football to college bowl season to basketball and soccer. They've got it all at betonline.net. If you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. They're the fastest and easiest way to get your betting information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. You'll be able to get Kansas against West Virginia when that line comes out closer to the weekend. You can bet on the national title game, TCU getting 13 points. Kansas City Chiefs giving up seven and a half right now against the Raiders on Saturday. Bet online where the game starts. A game, good goat, KJ Adams. Back-to-back games for him where he was just unbelievable for you in doing a bunch of little things, but also on offense. 14 points, he had five rebounds, four of them offensively. Again, there are some concerns with can KJ be a good enough defensive rebounder, but if everybody else is stepping up and getting defensive rebounds, then you're fine. And Texas Tech didn't have like a ton of offensive rebounds, so it was just fine. And I will say, I do think something that I was noticing in that game, like KJ only ends up with one defensive rebound for the game, which is certainly a low number when you think of your centers. I do think that KJ... And this is where the height thing comes into play. I do think that KJ does a really good job boxing guys out. I mean, he's strong. He's physical. He does the little things well. And I think a lot of times he'll box out the other center well. But maybe because he's not tall enough, he can't win that jump for it. And I think that a lot of times he does at least open up for another Kansas player if they win their box out to get the rebound because he's boxing out the center who might be the biggest threat to get the offensive rebound for the other team. So I, I do think that as, as much as we have hampered and talked about his defensive rebounding numbers, not being great, he does help your other 
their guys defensive rebounds if that kind of makes sense but uh they're doing more than enough on on the defensive rebounds of late that it hasn't mattered and offensive rebounds he had some huge ones he also had two assists his his passing is really good the one pass he made on the cut too i think it was grady dick um very tight window had to kind of lob it over a guy's head as, as he was cutting in on an angle from kind of the slot you don't see that from other centers just fantastic game for him also a block and a steal he's been one of ku's three best players maybe higher through their two big 12 games i know that's a small sample size but it shows how good he's been so far to start big 12 play dewan harris gets a good goat of the game 18 points three assists, two steals. He goes six of seven from the floor. He goes five of five from three. Like I said, just whatever you need him to do to win, he does just that. Need to be a little more aggressive? Okay, let's do it. And always important on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, He was on Davion Harmon a lot, and I thought that Harmon had, I mean, a game that was kind of forgotten. Like, you don't look up at the stat sheet and be like, man, Davion Harmon killed us. So good job by Dewan in that game. Uh, and, And Harmon was coming in averaging 12 a game. Bobby Pettiford. It's a good goat. He has been really good since coming back from an injury. So had the injury stuff that he suffered in the Tennessee game. Then he comes back for the Missouri game. And that one kind of discounted. It's your first game back. But since that Missouri game, so what would that be? Indiana game on. He has been so much better. And I think early in the season, his he, he was having at least a solid enough impact by keeping Kansas in the right spots and keeping them running their sets and being able to handle the ball, but you weren't seeing the stats. It'd be two points, one rebound, one assist, one for two from the floor. And there's a little bit of empty calories there of late. You're seeing him have that same impact of being able to keep Kansas calm and, and composed with having him on the floor as the point guard when Dewan's out, but you're also seeing the stats pick up too. He had seven points, six assists, four rebounds, filling up the stat sheet, being able to to really dish. You saw him be able to hit a three-point shot, which I think is really important for the long-term progression for his game. He was really good and helped you win a lot of minutes, especially when Kevin McCuller was out with foul trouble. First half, Jalen Wilson gets our last good goat. He had, in the first half alone, 13 points. He goes five of nine from the floor, three of six from three. He has four rebounds, one assist. Now, the second half was certainly a struggle for Jalen. Um, just three points, one of seven from the floor, two rebounds is all he got in the second half. But in that first half to help you come back from the eight point deficit, to help you get that lead and and look as good as you did in that first half, Jalen Wilson was kind of the key culprit to doing that. And then some other guys kind of took you to the finish line in the second half, the bad goats for Kansas. I think Kevin McCuller would be on here. Seven points, just three of nine from the floor. Uh, I don't know if he was forcing it a little bit or if he was just off. Just two rebounds as well, three assists, which was good, but uh, certainly the the scoring and the rebounding was a little lower than you'd expect for him. 27 minutes of play from Kohler. Got in foul trouble too, which certainly hurt your defense because as good as the offense was in the first half for Kansas, there were some times where they were received defensively and not having him out there because the foul trouble was certainly not helpful in that regard. So again, I, I don't know if it was the crowd was was getting to him um, the, the bleep you Kevin chance, which stay classy, um, were not, I don't know, something that I would imagine if I was a player for a school that your dad played football at and uh, met your mom and your sister graduated from there. And you gave whatever three or four good years there, like probably would bug me a little bit, but I don't know. Kevin's a D one athlete. So maybe it doesn't bother him. I know he 
said in the post game it didn't but obviously what are you going to say you're not going to go out there and say you know in the post game yeah it really bothered me and and i you know it was kind of sad to hear even if it was so i i don't know how much that that affected it um or if there was like a maybe you're pressing because you know it could just be that, that that's what it was you were pressing to try to show out in in kind of your homecoming and, and it didn't work out for you or it could have just been you just happened to have a, a tough game against a team that plays really good defense right and you kind of got a, a hard whistle against you to open up the game and that puts you in the wrong mindset could be any of those things but either way tough game for kevin kohler i do expect him to bounce back i think he'll just be fine and uh i expect he'll have a big game on saturday against west virginia grady dick's defense i want to put on here he he didn't shoot it well from three either at one of five but i didn't want to put his full game on here because he ended up with 11 points despite tough shooting. He shot really well from two-point range. He had three offensive rebounds. He had eight total rebounds, and he also had three assists. So, like, the stats actually, he had a pretty good game. But defense was an adventure, and it got him sitting for a, a handful of minutes in the first half at one point. Um, there were times where he just looked lost on switches or messed up a switch, and a got, guy got wide open. And I will say he's gotten a lot better overall on the defensive side of the ball throughout the season as it's gone on and it's not for a lack of trying he's not one of those guys which is like yeah he's just not really trying to fight through screens or he's not like trying to play hard defensively and he's just saying no like he's he's trying he's just i think sometimes you get a little bit lost you're a freshman like it, it happens to you and that happened in that game a good amount of times sometimes tech exploited it sometimes they maybe didn't see a guy who had slipped to the basket that he was supposed to switch onto, and he ended up wide open and they didn't get him the ball um so the defense was kind of an adventure for him. But again, because we've seen him improve so much at it and he is trying at it, I expect it to get better. And we've seen a lot of games where Grady's actually held his own defensively. So that's a positive sign. But uh, in that game, it was a bit of a regression that Texas Tech was able to take advantage. Certainly a, a different style of offense. They run kind of that motion offense, and that can be different for, for freshmen to approach. All right, in just a second, we're going to finish off the show with some KU football news. Kai Thomas transferring out of the program with locked on Jayhawks so Kai Thomas your backup running back he originally from the Topeka area went to Topeka High School goes to Minnesota has a really good season in 2021 at Minnesota capped off with a bowl game MVP in their win I think it might have been the Cheez-It Bowl or maybe the guaranteed rate bowl over West Virginia then he transfers and he wanted to come back home. He wanted to come into the area. That's what he said. Now, there were some rumors and reports about some stuff with Kansas State, and he ends up coming to Kansas. I don't know what he'll do now. He's entering the portal. Maybe he'll look at Kansas State. They lose a guy like Deuce Vaughn, um, or he would go somewhere else that's semi-local. But former highly rated prospect comes in and didn't have the year that you would expect or, or hope for this year. I think we all thought that Devin Neal and Kai Thomas would kind of be like splitting carries and, and be the two guys. But then what happened in the off season was that Daniel Highshaw came back from the injury and looked really good. And I think Kai Thomas had some injuries he had to deal with along the way. I think at times maybe struggled to adjust to what the coaches were asking for him in the practice side of things whereas maybe some of the other running backs were doing that a little bit more. And so once Highshaw got that opportunity with Devin Neal, both those guys played so well that it wasn't going to be something for someone else. And 
Then Highshaw eventually gets injured halfway through the year, but that's when some of the injury stuff came into play for Kai Thomas that he couldn't really get fully healthy and strike on that opportunity when he got more playing time. Then we heard about him headed into the bowl game over the course of those practices between the Liberty Bowl and the end of the season that he looked fresh again, that that he was getting uh, all his injuries and, and Nick's kind of off of him and that he looked really explosive in practice and he was having some of his best practices and, and that led to more playing time in the bowl game. He had a double digit carries. He had two touchdowns in the game. He had 46 total yards, got a lot more playing time. And so from that standpoint, I kind of wondered like, okay, maybe because it wouldn't have surprised you based on how the season went based on how good of a running back he could be and what he did the year before prior to the bowl game happening, if you would have said that he was going to transfer, it wouldn't have been, I think, that big of a shock just in terms of what your expectations were for playing time and then what ended up happening. And then you think about next year and, hey, Devin Neal is going to be back as a junior and Daniel Highshaw will be back from his injury for another season. And any other running backs that you have, whether it's from the high school ranks or we'll see if Savion Morrison comes back. So it would make sense. But then after you saw his role in the bowl game, you wondered, okay, maybe they're starting to figure it out. Maybe he's starting to turn the corner. And then this ends up happening. So uh, good luck to Kai Thomas. You, you wish him well. We'll see where he ends up. But I, I think there's a lot of talent uh, in Kai Thomas. And I expect him to, if he finds the right destination, to have a, a very sec- successful rest of his college career. As far as what this means for Kansas, like I said, Devin Neal and Daniel Highshaw should be your guys next year. You want more depth. You hope Savion Morrison's back. He can still have multiple years, too, and he can be kind of a different running back for you. Johnny Thompson, the running back you bring in, uh, I think we think of with running backs, like it's maybe a little easier to transition in as a freshman than it is maybe some other positions. Now, there still are a lot of things you have to work on, like pass protection that a lot of guys maybe aren't as good at, but at least for a few carries a game. Uh, you expect that maybe he could be that guy. Maybe they look for the transfer portal for for somebody else to come in and kind of replace the the body that you lost there. Uh, but I think overall Kansas will be just fine at the running back position, but you never want to lose talented players, and, and that's what happened with Kai Thomas. That's going to do it for this episode of Locked on Jayhawks. We're going to have a KU football season uh, kind of recap look ahead to 2023 on tomorrow's episode of the show. Then on Friday, we'll preview the KU West Virginia game. I'm Derek Johnson. You can find all our stuff at D Johnson radio on Twitter. You can subscribe to us anywhere you get your podcasts or on YouTube. If you want to hit us up, hit me up on Twitter or in the comment section on YouTube with any questions or anything you want for the show to talk about. Have a good rest of your day. I'll see you some of you on rock truck sports talk later.